Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes! Please stop! I got a bad feeling about this. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Did you go out with Ray? Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Get away from her, you bitch! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Movie Nights Podcast. I am Dalton Burdett. I'm Ryan Warner. And we are coming at you with another episode. It's going to be relatively simple today. Today we are simply going to talk about our favorite comic book films. You know, the ones we like, ones that we think are underrated, ones that we think kind of suck. Just comic book films in general. And uh, we're going to start it off by some recent news in the comic book movie world. Ryan, uh, as you know, Warner Brothers is developing a standalone Joker movie outside of the DCEU starring, yes. starring Joaquin Phoenix as the titular role. Well, today they released a camera test in which you get to see the Joker in his makeup. Not confirmed to be the final makeup, but could be, could not be. Well, you get to see Joaquin Phoenix with some paint on the face. What is your overall reaction to this camera test and to the movie overall? Honestly, I'm cautious because of everything that's happening over at Warner Brothers. I thought the camera test looked great, and I have high hopes for that movie. But as far as everything else that they're going to produce, I'm cautious for. Um, I'm excited to see Joaquin Phoenix in this role because he's the Joker character is kind of crazy to say the least um yeah don't say yeah um but it's not it's not really joker as we know it is it like what exactly is the story behind this joker movie if you can just inform us what i understand the character's name is arthur and they're doing an origin story of a movie that takes place into the 80s and basically this joker is someone who is a failed comedian or a failed entertainer and you see sort of he has see his spiral into madness which i think is pretty awesome and it's very like the original appearance of the joker is very similar to that in his origin so i'm i'm very i'm i when they first announced the movie about a year ago i was very like what the hell why are they making a movie that's not part of the dceu this is bullshit i don't like it walking phoenix is playing the joker oh my god where do i sign like the man is such a phenomenally talented actor, and he's also very picky about the films he does. He usually does very small independent movies. Didn't he try retiring a few years ago? I think that was a whole shtick as part of one of his roles. Oh. But he wasn't the headlines. And the fact that he read a script about the Joker and was like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it, has me really excited. And what's funny is you, you say he's a great actor. Off the top of my head, I've only... I only recall seeing him in Gladiator, which I thought everyone in that movie was fantastic yeah. and a personal favorite of mine. But off the top of my head, that that's the only movie I've ever seen him in. So I'm curious to see how he's going to take this role. Yeah, and um, he, he gets a lot of acclaim for his performance in Her, but mm-hmm. I really love him most probably in Walk the Line. Mm. And I, yeah. I adore that film. And also he's coming out... Um, we don't get it till October 12th, but The Sisters Brothers is out. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him in that, because that movie yeah. looks great. Yeah, that's a big cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, also in the world of comic book movie news, on the Marvel side of things, 
a new trailer for Captain Marvel was released. The first trailer. The first trailer, yeah. General thoughts, Mr. Warner. It's f- it it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I I mean there's really nothing else you can say about it. I love the transition from her to hero. Yes. I cool. thought that was a fantastic statement. I I and I love the little montages of her like throughout her, the stages of her life. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the interesting like they, they give you some plot points in the trailer and it, it's it's implied that she doesn't remember her life on earth. Mm-hmm. Which means it's not going to be an origin movie, a typical origin movie, which has me excited. Yeah. Cuz sometimes they can get annoying. Although, you know, with a character who's not as known as Captain Marvel, it might seem like an odd choice, but I think that, you know, they made they made a decision as to what they want to do and that it's going to be the right decision. And now, I'm not going to lie. Before the trailer, I was kind of worried about the movie because, I mean, I love Brie Larson. She's fantastic, but the filmmakers I'd never heard of before. It's directed by two people that I'd never heard of. I'd never seen any of their work. And from what I understand, they haven't done anything big, which, stupid on me, you know, neither did the Russo brothers, neither did James Gunn, you know, other directors that they... James Gunn and Slither. I just want to point that out. Yeah, That's but, huge. No, but he did. <laughs> Had more of a cult following. Yeah, but it wasn't like a big budget movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that... Um, uh, so I was like, oh, I don't know how it's going to be, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, all my fucking worries were put to rest when I saw that trailer. And I was like, damn, they're killing it. Like, you know, and it comes out just a couple months before Avengers 4, which means we'll probably get the trailer for that in a couple months, which has me so stoked. What, six months until the release of Captain Marvel? Yeah, six months, I think. March, yeah. And they just finished uh, reshoots, right? Like, they're done shooting Avengers 4? Yeah, I think um, they're still doing some reshoots right now, but it's in the reshoot phase. Okay. So they, like, have they... enough for a trailer, you think? Oh, definitely. Because they, they shot it concurrently with Infinity War. Okay. They shot them at the same time in principal photography. So, yeah, they definitely have enough. They'll, we'll probably get that trailer in two months or three months. Mm-hmm. Probably not till the new year, I would imagine. No, no, they'll they'll start before that because this movie comes out in May. Oh yeah. You know they don't want to pull a solo and start at the freaking Super Bowl. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, um, uh, I'm really looking forward to Captain Marvel and Avengers Four and the Walking Phoenix Joker and a lot of other things. But now we're gonna take it to a more personal level and just talk about comic book movies that we really love that struck a chord with us. And you know, off the top, let's just get this out of the way. Dark Knight and Logan are amazing. We love those films, everything about them. We've talked on and on about them before. So we're not really going to focus on The Dark Knight and Logan all that much. Mm-hmm. We're going to branch out and do other comic book films. With that being said, and this is no particular order, no, you know. With that being said, Ryan. Comic book movie that really strikes a chord with you in your life. The first comic book movie that I really remember watching is the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, directed by um, Sam Raimi. You mean Jesus. That's Bruce Campbell, but oh, yeah. But I mean, you know, they're, you know, Interchangeable. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's all one. It's all yeah, 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 God. of course. Um, but that's the first movie I really remember growing up and watching, and that just made me fall in love with superheroes and Spider-Man. And um, he's just... Looking back on it now that you know I'm older and I can appreciate it a little bit more, he really tr- stays true to the comic book and the source material, even with like the characters with Green Goblin, like ha- dressing him up like that. And I love that movie, how it takes how it's like an origin story for both 
Norman Osborn as Green Goblin yes. and Spider-Man or Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Like it, it shows you both of them becoming who they are and it's so well paced and it's it, it's not overwhelming mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal. What, what what about you any No, no, no I'm going to talk about that for yeah, a minute. Yeah. I completely agree because not many people really bring up the fact that that's also a Green Goblin origin movie. Yeah. And how well that's done and how they they, you know, um what what's the phrase I'm looking for? They um, complement one another yeah. in terms of like the storytelling and like William Defoe's performance is amazing and um, also what I really like about that film is like one of the major changes and one of the blowbacks it got from comic book fans was like Spider-Man shoots real webs mm-hmm. like it's not the mechanical webbing and I remember Sam Raimi did an interview and for, I don't remember who it was for it was a long time ago but Sam Raimi did an interview for that movie and they asked him like hey why doesn't Spider-Man have his mechanical web shooters and he said to be completely honest with you it was in an old draft of the script, and I liked it, which that draft was actually written by James Cameron. Really? Yeah, but he goes, it was an old, old draft of a script, and I kept it. The reason, because one of the things that didn't really, that didn't click with me in the comic books is they emphasize how poor Peter Parker is, and how he, you know, is really smart, he's really bright, but he's stuck in this community, and he can't get out because of how low income he is. Where in the hell is he getting the resources to make mechanical web shooters? Hmm. And he said, to me, it just didn't it didn't click right, it wouldn't feel right, so we decided to give him natural web shooters, which I thought was a great explanation. And they, they learned to go around that problem in Spider-Man Homecoming eventually, like yeah. when they when Marvel uh, produced it with Sony. But um, I thought that was a really good explanation, and it never really bothered me. Yeah. And and I, I just thought it was kind of a cool change, although I am glad that like they... They do it more comic book accurate because when you make a movie based off of any material, whether it's a comic book, a book, a play, whatever, you know, the goal is not let's make this as accurate to the source material as we can. The goal is let's make the best movie possible. Mm-hmm. And to Sam Raimi, making the best movie possible was giving him natural web shooter. Yeah. So, you know, that was great. And another thing I want to bring up about the original Spider-Man that goes underappreciated. That movie came out less than a year after 9-11. There's a moment in the movie when Green Goblin is fighting Spider-Man in the third act. When he's about to del- deliver the kill shot on the glider. Just about about ready to stab Spider-Man while he's holding the um, like bus full of people over the uh, lake or the river. And he's about to hit him and all of a sudden something hits Green Goblin in the head. And he like turns and he looks up and there's a bridge full of New Yorkers. Throwing shit at the Green Goblin. Yelling at him. Saying phrases like... You mess with Spider-Man, you mess with New York, and if you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. That was less than a year after 9-11. Could you imagine? Because like, I was a kid, and I, you know, I didn't think about that, but could, yeah. you, could you imagine, especially someone living in that area, seeing that movie a, a less than a year after that horrific event and like seeing the, com- the togetherness of New York taking down the bad guy? Like, What a powerful moment. Oh, yeah. that, like, that, no, that really goes undervalued mm-hmm. and underappreciated. And um, sorry, it was a random yeah, thing yeah. I went off, but I thought that that's just an excellent moment in that movie. Yeah, and you wouldn't really know that without knowing that it came out a year, a year less than a year yeah. after 9-11. Yeah, yeah, like that moment, it works not as well without that information. I mean, it still works, but like when, when you know that information and you have that when you watch that movie, that moment plays so amazing. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, but kind of shifting gears from the original Spider-Man, any other comic book movies that really strike a chord with you or comic book movies that you'd like to see or uh, we'll go back to spider-man eventually because i do want to talk about spider-man too but i yes. but i want but i want to hop around um i'm gonna go with 
I'm going to go with X-Men Days of Future Past. Okay. Uh, I'm a big X-Men fan, both com- like comics and movies. I loved the Brian Singer movie, um, the first movie. I loved the second movie, which we're, we're going to talk about both of those. And then he left the franchise for a while, and he came back for Days of Future Past. And I was really excited that he was coming back. And there, there's a lot of controversy surrounding Brian Singer, but I'm going to strictly going to talk about his filmmaking. But uh, he came back for Days of Future Past and just killed it. And the thing that's unfortunate about that movie is people don't really talk about it in the light that I think it should be talked about. I think that is arguably top 10 comic book movies ever made, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Just the way that movie's structured, the way that it completely balances the two casts of the prequel X-Men era and the original X-Men era, along with adding new additions like Quicksilver. That that Quicksilver scene stole that entire movie. Oh, yeah. The whole when movie, like... running around oh, the kitchen and knocking, like, things, out and yeah. music's playing, and he's just having a great time running around. Yeah, yeah, and, like, like Evan Peters was great, and just... When you're in the theater and that scene starts happening, the whole theater just erupts. Like, oh my god, this is amazing. And what's funny that you say that that scene's so like iconic to that movie. That's the only X-Men movie that I can really remember watching. And that's the only scene that I really remember from yeah. that movie. Yeah. It's it's such it's such a great moment. And you know, not only that, but just like Hugh Jackman's always killing it as Wolverine, and yeah. just especially in this movie, his performance is great. Um, you know, Michael Fassbender as Magneto, Ian McKellen as Magneto, Patrick Stewart and James McAvoy as Xavier. Like that that beautiful moment when young and old Xavier meet. Mm-hmm. Such a great part of that movie, and just you know, I I love the timestamps that they put in the the X Men movies. Like they had this during the seventies. And, um, you know, something else is, like, I'm a sucker for time travel shit. So, I, already I was like, yes, here yeah. we go. And, but, you know, in the, in the comic books, um, Kitty Pride is the one that goes back in time. And uh, I was interested because, like, I heard it was Wolverine. And I was like, look, I love Wolverine more than anyone. But I kind of feel like they're pushing it just to put him in the spotlight. But when I watched it within the context of the movie, I was like, this makes perfect sense. Like, I'm not even upset that, like, yeah. it's Wolverine. And, um, you know, I, I also think that with... Um, Days of Future Past, the way that it was able to constantly bring up good conversation, because that's, that's something the X-Men movies always did, is they always had good conversational topics to bring up. Okay. Like, the first X-Men movie, for example, um, was really, like, in, in, in the comics, they are made in the 60s during segregation. That's the story of the X-Men, is, like, you know, it's, it's segregation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Professor X is Martin Luther King, and um, Magneto is Malcolm X. Like, that's that's what it is. Yeah. And they played that perfectly into the modern X-Men movie, but especially X-Men 1 and 2. There, there's a beautiful scene in 2. Right, we're going to jump around the X-Men movies. Yeah. But uh, X-Men 2, there's a scene where Iceman, Bobby, comes out to his parents as a mutant. But the way the scene is set up, it's very much so a coming out as gay, but as a mutant. Hmm. And hilariously and like ironically... The parent, after he comes out, the parents go, have, have you ever tried not being a mutant? And it's like, and yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's such a crazy good moment. Huh. And it's, you know, just the way that it was structured and how like the first movie talks about, um, uh, like mutant, like rights, like, like, we're not here to hurt anybody. We, we just want to live peacefully. Like just the way that they structured those movies and the way that they showed 
heroism and you know how and like Magneto is such a tragic villain like he's a Holocaust survivor hates humans hates the world because of what happened to him and like who can who can fucking blame the guy yeah and Magneto's best character piece to me was in X-Men First Class which is also a great movie directed by Matthew Vaughn Kingsman and Kick-Ass both comic book movies that we're going to talk about later but uh you know, Matthew Vaughn really stepped up the game because the X-Men franchise was kind of in a hinge when he came on because they just followed up X-Men 3 and Origins Wolverine. Yeah. So they were at, they were at a shit show. And uh, he stepped up and made X-Men First Class, which I think is a great movie. And just the way he was able to sort of revitalize everything and get everything fresh and new and good and just the, the way he used the Magneto character. He hunts Nazis in the first act of the movie. Hell yeah. Give me more of... Hor- horrifying Michael Fassbender fucking up Nazis. Please, yeah. please give me more. It was such it was such a great movie and just such so well done. I loved how I said I was gonna make this about one movie, but I'm kind of doing the whole franchise. But um, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I wish I could comment on them, but like I like I said, I haven't seen mm-hmm. any of the X Men movies except for Day- Days of Future Past, and the only scene I remember is the Quicksilver one. So yeah, yeah. I unfortunately can't comment on any of this yeah no no it's, it's all good you did see logan though right i've, I've seen the wolverine movies just okay, not okay. the x-men movies gotcha gotcha yeah and speaking of the wolverine i think that's a great movie for two acts okay and i think that and it's directed by the guy who made logan really yeah the second the second wolverine movie yeah it's james mangold is the one where he's in japan yeah is- R- really yeah wow so he got- really stepped it up yeah oh yeah 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 <laughs> well like it's like the second one he like he loved the character and yeah. he really wanted to make it, but they wouldn't let him make it rated R. And they had a bunch of studio notes. Yeah. Fox did for the end of the film, and it really hindered. And, Fo- and, and granted, to Fox, they learned their lesson. They're like, you know what, dude, we fucked that up. Here's your, you know, Logan, go for it. And I think Deadpool helped that, but we'll get that in a minute. But um, you know, with um the Wolverine for the first two acts, I think it's a, I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like just. You know, like the scene of him in World War Two, and he covers up the guy as the nuke comes yeah. over. Like it's such, and just like that, the age-old tale of chasing immortality, but the one character who is immortal talking about how horrible it is and, and how he's chasing death. Yeah, and it's the only X Men movie that takes place after X Men Three. Other, I mean, D- Days of Future Past technically, yeah. but like the only like definitive one that like the whole time takes place after X Men Three. So you have Wolverine. You know, you haven't seen him, so I won't. But like he. Uh, has visions of someone he really loved coming to him and like seeing him. He has nightmares seeing this person and just, you know, the way that he kind of fits in with Japanese culture. Like I, I thought that it was, it was a very well done movie. And then in the third act, it completely lost its footing. Is that where he's fighting the big mechanical samurai? Yeah. yeah okay. He, yeah. <laughs> but silver samurai was a much better character in the comic books. Just throwing that out there. But at the end, he does open up the case to reveal the, that was an alternate ending. That wasn't in the movie. That, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we almost we were this close to the yellow costume and you know, we didn't get it in Logan, but it would have not nearly fit tonally in that <laughs> it movie. Have made any sense for old man Logan. Oh no, but however, if he was just messing up fools R rated with that yellow suit, I would have been like, This is the best day of my life. <laughs> that would have been the best movie ever. Yeah, yeah. Um mo- moving on, uh, away from the X Men bit, I'll go to you, Ryan. Yeah. Anything else for me? I have one, The Incredible Hulk, Edward Norton. Ooh, okay. okay. Now, I haven't seen this film since we did our um, marathon. movie marathon for Infinity War, yeah. where they pay- played pretty much all the origin movies. Mm-hmm. 
I forgot how good that movie is. And the thing is, it's it not many people enjoy it. Yeah. And I I'm with you. I I like the movie a lot. I think it's very underrated. Yeah, I I love the the time like it came out in 2008 and parkour was a big thing back then and I I just I love the parkour scene just running around on rooftops. Um no, but on a more serious note, I thought Edward Norton was fantastic in it. I love you know him running away from harm so he doesn't want to turn into the Hulk. He's constantly checking his heart rate. He's trying to calm himself down through the entire what first act of the movie. He's yeah. learning how to meditate and learning how to really calm himself down. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And then the second the Hulk is the Hulk comes out, it's just it's game over for everyone else in the movie. Yeah. What about you? Any any thoughts on that movie? Yeah, no, I uh, I think it's very underrated. I l- really like Ed Norton's performance. Now, I like I've grown to like Mark Ruffalo better because we've had more time with him. And I think when you go back and rewatch the original Avengers, Mark Ruffalo has the best performance in that movie. Yeah, you think he has the best performance out of everyone? If you, I'm telling you, dude, if you go back and rewatch the first Avengers movie, Mark Ruffalo has the best performance in that movie. Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch that. I'm telling you, you don't think so. Then you, because I rewatched it because they they released the 4Ks, sure. and I rewatched it, and I was like, oh my god, Mark Ruffalo is killing it in this movie. No, but like going back to Incredible Hulk, like I was having Ed Norton left because he's really good, and like you can feel the, how vulnerable he feels, yeah. and and that's what I really liked about the way he portrayed the characters. Like he's scared, he's on the run, he's skinny, like he's just like terrified of everything, and then you know, the um. It's later parodied in Thor Ragnarok, but that moment when he lets go out of the plane because he knows he's got to go down and fight the Abomination. The Abomination was awesome, by the way. That was great. Yeah, that fight of them. Yes, I love that. That's what Doomsday should have looked like, oh but God. we're gonna talk about that later. <laughs> but that whole fight scene yeah. is great. Just them just duking it out, yeah. and I love um, when they're in the field as well, and Tim Roth just. Oh. takes off after him this yeah. this average size man taking on this i'd say like 10 12 foot yeah. incredible hulk just nothing but solid muscle and he's just what well, he wants to fight him yeah like he wants to take him on and kill him yeah yeah and like i remember being a little comic book nerd in 2008 sitting in that theater and they make a reference to like they're they're gonna give we're gonna give you the they don't say this but it was this program was put on ice back in World War II, and I was like, "Oh my God, they're gonna give him the Captain America serum!" Like I just remember being like twelve years old, this little fat butterball of a twelve-year-old, like, "Mom, do you know what that means?" Like I just remember losing it. But uh, um, but yeah, I love that moment. I love um the the Iron Man moment at the end of the movie when he yeah, fucking rolls in, walks in, yeah. and you're like, what? "These are connected." Because <laughs> yeah, like a lot of people missed. The post credit scene in yeah. the in the first Iron Man. That was before, like, now now you know to yeah, stay for yeah. Marvel movies, yeah. but back then you didn't know that. Credits started rolling, you're out of there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I, I loved that part, and, uh, yeah, like, it's, it's a really underrated movie, and it's fun, too. I mean, it has some problems. Like, we're not, don't worry, like, we're kind of sucking its dick. Like, yeah. it's not the best, like, movie ever made, but I, I, we like talking about it because it, we, it just feels, it feels underappreciated, you know? And what's funny is I like the Edward Norton character on the run, the Bruce Banner on the run, but as a scientist, I believe Mark Ruffalo more as a scientist. I agree with you there. I do. Um, 
and also I like how in the alternate opening mm-hmm. oh, where yeah, Bruce yeah. Banner is out in the Arctic and he tries to kill himself by putting a gun in his mouth, he talks about that in Avengers yeah, yeah. in one of the scenes with the uh, what is it Loki's staff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when he's getting mad, he's like. I put a gun in my mouth, I shot it, and the other guy spit it out. And that's that alternate opening. I was like, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, I think that's a genuinely good movie. Yeah. What about you? Any any other movies? Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw one. Uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Let me tell you, okay, so, obviously a big MCU fan. Avengers, like, changed my life. Like, like when I saw, like, all the movies leading up to that, and then saw the Avengers, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I could die, and, like, I've seen the Avengers on screen. Like, yeah. such... Like, do you, do you remember watching Avengers for the first time in the theater and just being the, stoked? Oh, the, the pan, the panoramic shot. Oh! Yeah. But anyway, what I'm getting at is, I thought Captain America 1 was eh. I thought it was okay. I thought Captain America... I thought Avengers was really good, but Captain America in it, I was like, eh. Like, excuse my French, but I thought up until Winter Soldier, Captain America was kind of a pussy. Like, I, 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 was, I wasn't really into it. Him, yeah. I was like, and I liked Chris Evans. He was fine, but I just didn't like what they were doing with it. And then Winter Soldier comes out. First thing a motherfucker does is kick a dude like 30 feet off of a boat. And you're like, oh my God. This is different. Yeah, and then he starts like, hand, the hand-to-hand combat scenes were incredible. He fights George St. Pierre and knocks him out like a bitch. Like... I Unreal. Lo- I love whenever he fights him and he's like, you have to fight me with a shield or something like that. And he's like, all right. Yeah. Takes his helmet off, puts yeah. a shield on his back and just goes mano a mano. Yeah. And like, um, and not only just the fight scenes, but just the story was so visceral. Like I, it was heart racing. Like there was a lot of practical effects. There was, um, um, you know, I, I mean, if you, any comic book person knows that Bucky's a winter soldier, but like still people who didn't know were like, what the fuck? Like in the yeah. theater. And like, I remember, um, just being so into that movie, like just instantly drawn into it, where I was like, "This is so much better than Captain America One." And Captain America by, might be my favorite Marvel hero that was now. The first Russo Brothers film, yes, correct? Yes, and the Russo Brothers, you know, they did like TV pilots. You yeah. know, they did nothing huge, and they killed it with this. It's a political thriller of a movie. Mm-hmm. It's really about like you know, um, like you know, how much power the government has. How much power the government has, like you know, and 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 hinging on rights, mm-hmm. things like that of that nature, and um. I I remember like watching that movie and being like, this, this is really thought provoking, and like Robert Redford's performance is so good yeah. as Alexander Pierce, and that elevator scene. Oh my god! When Captain yes. America's in the yeah. elevator and just slowly everyone gets on, yeah. and you real and he realizes that mm. it's about to go down, so he's like, all right, get off now. Yeah, and 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 also um I love the highway fight scene with him and Winter Soldier and Falcon. And Falcon's awesome, by the way. And they Bla- name drop Doctor Strange before they the did. movie comes out. They did name drop Doctor Strange. Uh, Jasper Sitwell said Stephen Strange. No, and um, Black Widow's great in it. Their chemistry is fantastic oh, yeah, in that yeah, movie, where yeah. they're just, like, in that scene, wherever they when they drop um, Stephen Strange, mm-hmm. and they throw him off the roof, and then they just casually talk about, like, how Cap needs to find a girlfriend or whatever, and then Falcon flies back up, and they continue yeah. the interrogation. Like yeah. just that chemistry that they have, the bantering back and forth is phenomenal. I think. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you, and um, also did the the plot twist of Hydra's been in Shield the whole time. Yeah. Like, dude, that fucked me up. <laughs> like, I remember being in there and being like, what? And then they all half of them turn on each other, mm-hmm. and shit. Good, because that was the first 
standalone MCU movie, like that was a non-Avengers movie that had major implications for that world going forward. Yes. And like that's it, it, it completely changed the course of the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, not, not only that but like cuz a, a, a criticism of the MCU before that was like these these individual movies are part of the same world but like they're not going to change change it because like then they have to come together in the Avengers like they can't really take any risks. All of a sudden Winter Soldier comes out and it's like Shield's Hydra and it's like oh my god like through future movies like that affects everything it affects the television shows like everything was affected because of that i i haven't seen it but talking about winter soldier what happened in that one shield episode cuz the oh, shield yeah. coincides with the movies yeah and in agents of shield like there's an episode that ties with Captain America the Winter Soldier, and literally halfway through the episode there's something on the intercom that's like half a shield hydra then they all just turn on each other and start killing each other it's amazing that was an amazing shield episode but uh, moving on from Winter Soldier, Ryan, go ahead and shoot out a comic book movie. Well, I just want to say one last thing about Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is my personal favorite MCU movie. It's actually the only MCU movie that I own. Really? Yes. That is interesting. Yes. Awesome. It, it, it's, it was for me for a while. And, and like on a, depending on the day, I might say it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a hard debate because the MCU's got some gems. Yeah, it does. Um, so kind of shifting gears that isn't... Um, Marvel or DC, Hellboy, the original Ooh, Hellboy. Yes, the man who loves monsters. <laughs> I love that movie, and I'm so excited for the new one coming out with David Arbor. Mm-hmm. I love him in Stranger Things, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what he's gonna do. But strictly speaking, for the first one, I that was another movie I grew up with mm-hmm. and I loved it because as a kid I was like I love monsters and robots yeah. and all of this mm-hmm. and it just had Hellboy who just was growing up and he was outcasted mm-hmm. because he was different mm-hmm. and I just I genuinely love that movie and I love the second one too even though the second one gets a lot of hate the Hellboy 2 the Golden Army or whatever it is but I love that movie I, th- I think it's phenomenal and people need to talk about it more you wanna hear something blasphemous yeah I've never seen the second movie it's on Netflix. It is. It's, it's on the second one's on Netflix. Dude, I, I got I gotta watch it because here's the thing. I really like the first movie because like, but, and you know, with any Guillermo del Toro movie, you're gonna get beautiful practical makeup effects and mm. you're gonna get beautiful set design. And not only does this movie have that, but it has great characters, a great story, wonderful action. Ron Perlman kills it, and Doug Jones, who plays like a monster in every Guillermo movie, amazing. And like mm-hmm. just everything. That movie kind of draws you in. It has a kick-ass opening scene, and it just draws you in right away. Yeah. And it's it's so well done. And, you know, it's a movie that no one really talks about now. I mean, they do when the, the David Harbour one comes out. Like, oh, remember the old Hellboy? Yeah. But, like, for it, a long time. It goes time, under the radar. Yeah, it goes very under the radar, and it's really sort of unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And I know Guillermo never got to complete his trilogy because he wanted a ridiculous amount of money for the third one, and the studio was like, these don't make enough. We're sorry, dude. Like, no hard feelings, but, like, yeah. you know, we can't. But I feel kind of bad, but at the same time, I get it. But, yeah, no, Hellboy is really good and i need to watch it it's been forever since i've it's, seen it dude. it's been forever but i just kind of wanted to shift gears from yeah. dc and marvel but yeah. i just i thought of that movie and i, I thought ron perlman was fantastic in it because i was watching uh i was watching enemy at the gates the other day and yeah. he was in it and i was like shit i haven't seen him in forever yeah but yeah no I, I thought that movie was great but yeah the second one's on netflix highly highly recommend it if you love the first one yeah yeah no I'll, I'm, i definitely need to watch it um, a comic book movie that I'm gonna go ahead and throw out, throw out is Kingsman: The Secret Service. Comic book I've never oh. read, but I love the film. Matthew Vaughn, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the first film, I really, really love. It, that movie came out of nowhere. 
Yeah. And it was so... The action sequences are amazing. The characters are great. I love Eggsy. I love um, Colin Firth's character. Wyatt, Callahan. Callahan. No, no, no. Yeah, Callahan. In the first movie? Yeah. Are you sure? What else would it be? Because it's the Knights of the Round Table, and he's Callahan and... Um, okay, Colin Firth's character, yeah. Yeah, because in the and second then Merlin, one, he takes over yeah, yeah. Callahan. Yeah, and then Merlin. Yeah. No, I, I love all... I love that movie. Or Galahad, Galahad. Yeah. Or... I don't know. It's driving me crazy. I'm going to fucking look it up. Yeah. No, but uh, like Mark Strong in that movie. But everything yeah. is like, and I love that movie because it had really like, it, it was a modern, it was a modern spy movie. Yeah. But like not only, it wasn't trying to be James Bond. It was sort of making fun of James Bond, mm-hmm. but it was also saying like, look, we can make fun of the old spy movies, but still be a kick ass spy movie ourselves. Yeah. And dude, Samuel L. Jackson's performance is fucking amazing. That lisp he has and just how funny he is. The church scene. That's all you have to say about that movie. Freebirds blasting in the, in the one shot, like the continuous take. Just that makes the whole movie. The church scene is one of the best choreographed action sequences of the past 20 years yes maybe of all time maybe i would i would argue that yeah i mean you know i love the raid but like i honestly i think every fight scene in each raid movie it belongs on the list of all time yeah but you know we'll talk about the raid another day but uh, harry hart is his damn name oh i, I thought you were talking about like his espionage name. no 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 i was thinking of his like his character name oh. but anyway um uh what's it called but yeah i love kingsman yeah and the second one's pretty good too um i didn't like it as much but uh the first one is really really great mm-hmm. and i love how stylistic it is with you know Ma- i love matthew vaughn the mm-hmm. manners maketh man, man. like and love that it scenes i love the score too that movie has a great score yeah one thing that we don't really see eye to eye on is i feel like the second one is just as good as the first one if not better lordy lordy i disagree yeah i think the second one is borderline bad like i don't think it's a bad movie yeah. but i think it doesn't compare to the first one but no. then but then again I, the I can thing. see where you're coming here's from. the thing without two or three key moments to me okay. without two or three key moments kingsman 2 is a bad movie like what like merlin singing country roads that brought a tear to my eye but take that out of the movie then they, yeah, then they don't really have a will to fight. Like, there's no yeah. real reason to... Yeah. A- another moment is, you know, Harry coming back and the relationship between him and Eggsy. I wish that they didn't reveal that in the trailer. Like, I agree. I wish... That, that would have blew my fucking mind. Because the way that they reveal it in the movie is yeah. the same way they reveal it in the trailer, which, yeah. you know, they're behind yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a glass pane, but... Mm-hmm. And Matthew Vaughn even was like, I'm kind of pissed. Like, they, the marketing team did not tell me that that was going to be their plan. Yeah. And, you know, which is unfortunate. But I, um... Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, it was, I thought it was more sloppy. It was a little bit too long. Okay. And, um. What would you say about the Saturday Night's All Right fight scene? I thought it was fine, but I thought they showed the best part of it in the trailer. When Eggsy's like on, like, wraps his legs around the dude's head, spins around. And then like the rest of it was whatever. And I really like Pedro Pascal. I think he's one of the saving parts of the movie. He was really good. He's fantastic in everything I've seen him in lately. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was bold to like take out the Kingsman house. Although I'm pissed they fucking kill Roxy. It still makes me upset. But, you know, yeah. and I hope that if they do a third one that she's somehow alive. But I hope so. I mean, they literally shot What's Harry in Hart the in yeah. the head and somehow brought him back in a way that makes sense, you know? So I, I wouldn't put it past him if they brought her back. Yeah, same, same. All right, Mr. Warner, throw another comic book movie at me. Ooh, let's see. 
Infinity War. You know, with with the new oh, ones coming out. Oh, we're going to talk about <laughs> Infinity War. Oh. We're going to get a little heavy here. Yeah, all right. Go ahead. Do your shit on Infinity War, my man. I just want to point out that Spider-Man's really the only character in that movie that just goes toe-to-toe. No, the Hulk goes toe-to-toe with Thanos. Dude, Doctor Strange almost fucked up Thanos. From a distance. Dude, Thanos needed... Oh, this is going to get real sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) Rest in peace, John Schnepp. We love you. But dude, Thanos needed all four Infinity Stones to beat Doctor Strange. If you watch the movie, he used each stone in order to... Yes, he used each... Because he only had four at the time. He used each stone to fight Doctor Strange. And without him, he would have been... Fucked. I mean, probably would help a good fight, but still. Yeah. Still, an Iron Man went toe to toe with Thanos. Yeah, he did. And he got stabbed. Dude. Dude. When that happened. Yes. There was no more oxygen in that room. Just Dude. everyone gasped. Dude, in, in my head, I was like, oh my God, this is it. I was like, he's fucking dead. I was like, this is how it happens. This is it. Yeah. The funny thing is, is when he lived, when it became established, like, oh, he's not going to die, it cut to Wakanda, and I was like, oh, God, Cap's fucked. <laughs> like, that was the first thing that went into my head, dude. It was fucking, I was like, no. Not fuck. Cap. Yeah. But I love, because I'm a huge Spider Man fan. Um, I love his introduction in that. Not, I mean, the bus scene's great, but whenever Iron Man's about to get rocked, and it just stops, and he like leans over, and he's like, "Oh hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, that's so that's Spider Man." Yeah, I, I love that show. I love the Russo brothers' hand, handling of Spider Man. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but uh, Rip Drax. He's oh, <laughs> God, no, that's a conversation for another day with Dave Batista. But uh, Jesus, that was good. That was good. No, but um. Uh, just the culmination of that movie, yeah. just everything that it built up, like that that was an event. Like seeing that movie was a fucking event, and like the MCU earned it after years of you know building that up and making good films, yeah, and you know not rushing their shit, just making taking their time building these characters, and I'm really looking forward to the next one. Oh yeah, and just from beginning to end, there is just stakes. There are consequences. It opens with the Asgardian ship destroyed yeah. and they're just going around stabbing Asgardians mm-hmm. and um Thanos kills Heimdall, right? Yeah. And then just walks over and kills breaks him. Loki's neck. Rip. Um but no in the trailer we saw the Iron Spider suit yeah. and I was like give me the legs please <laughs> and as soon as those legs came out I freaked out. Yep. That was great. Um, but any more thoughts on that before we shift gears? Um, I thought that the dumpster fire that that movie could have been was heavily avoided. And I think that Marvel did a great job. And I think that with everything going on in that movie, the way that it was as balanced as it was, is just fucking fascinating. Like, I don't know how you make that movie as balanced as it was. And you care about Thanos. Yeah, like, it, Thanos You is, connect to him. You're like... He's the main character of the movie, essentially. Yeah. I, I think someone did a breakdown of the movie in the screen time. I think he has the most screen time. He might. He might have it. But in that whole movie, the first time I was watching it, I was like, I care about this character. Why do I care about him? He's the villain. And, and they they built him up over years. Like, he didn't Since, just show up. See, he was the Avengers, Avengers? 1. Yeah. Whenever he just looks over at the end yeah. credits and smiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. I'm gonna throw a movie at you, and this is gonna cause some discussion. I mean, we both agree on the movie, but I don't think I don't think you're ready for me to pull this movie. Okay. Let's talk about Man of Motherfucking Steel. I'm ready now. Excluding the news with Henry Cavill, we'll yeah. strictly talk the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Man of Steel has I think a 50 50 something on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was that low. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's generally regarded as not a good movie. Wow. I love it. I genuinely really, really like Man of Steel. It's not perfect. I, I think like it has some issues that I like recognize and can point out. But I think some of the complaints about the movie aren't as valid as others. Okay. I think that it was the perfect way of doing a new Superman story in the age of like that's how the world would react. Mm-hmm. Like like that like I bought into that. Um, I love Henry Cavill's performance. I love Zack Snyder's direction, which I don't say all that often, but I, I love his direction in this movie. I think that the Hans Zimmer score is awesome. That scene when he first flies almost put like puts tears in my eyes because Superman's my favorite superhero, which we I've talked about the original Superman movie and how much uh, that movie has inspired me. But you know, Man of Steel, I loved Amy Adams as Lois Lane. I loved the fight sequences. I just loved the overall story of a guy who feels out of place because he's he's a fucking alien who grew up with a father telling him to do one thing and then later learned that his biological father wanted him to do a different thing and him sort of struggling with the idea of what am I supposed to do because he he's he, he grew up in Kansas you know with traditional family values of I should do what my parents want me to do I should do what I want to do but I have two sets of parents like what i don't know what i'm supposed to do yeah who who do you listen to at that point yeah and like just the journey of him discovering what he needs to do what he has to do what he stands for i thought it was really well done Mm -hmm. i I genuinely really like that movie your thoughts we don't agree on this part of the movie Mm -hmm. but i believe henry cavill is the best superman we've seen slight disagree but but yes but i will say i i love him like don't get me wrong i love henry cavill great yeah I love the dark tone of it that Zack Snyder brings to it. Release the Snyder cut of Man, of Man of Steel of everything ever. But um, no, I, I'll disagree with you there. I didn't mind the tone. Okay, but I thought it was a bit much because mm-hmm. I think it was very clear. And I don't think it's Snyder. I think it was more the studio. Yeah. That after the Dark Knight trilogy, one of those was like dark, <laughs> Superman's turn. <laughs> like you know, like and uh. Because when did Dark Knight Rise is come out? The year before and then Man, Man of Steel. Steel come out in 2013. Yeah. yeah, okay. Christopher Nolan has story credit on the screenplay of Man of Steel. Yeah, he does. And he was on set. Like, there's a, there was a picture of him and Zack Snyder on set. Oh, I need to look at that picture. It, it, it's going to make it, me so happy. It, it's a cool photo. But, uh, I mean, the, his involvement was very limited. But, of like, course. but, you know, I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit on the tone. I mean, okay. I, did, I didn't mind it, but I think it could have been slightly not as melodramatic. But, yeah. anyway, go ahead. I would agree with you that the the flight scene mm-hmm. with the score, yes. that gives me chills when I'm watching it. Because I'm like, yes, learn who you are. Like, yeah, be yeah, Superman. Yeah. Um, but one scene I do want to talk about that you didn't bring up yet is the end with the, the end fight with Zod. Yeah. Whenever he gets him into a chokehold and he's... And they're just talking back and forth, and he's like, "Well, you have to decide because yeah. I'm gonna kill these people." I-, I can't remember the exact line, but he's like, "I'm gonna kill these people, or you have to kill me." Mm-hmm. Like, 
choose. And he, like, shoots lasers at this family who's, like, cowering in a corner. And you just see Henry Cavill just, like, what, like, stop. Like, what what are you doing? And he just snaps his neck. There's a pause. And then he just screams. And you feel that. Yeah, dude. He drops to his knees, lets out that, like, blood-curling. And it's not a scream of, like, passion. It's just a scream of, like, why? Yeah. Why did I have to do that, you know? And I think that's a wonderful moment in that movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, no, I, I genuinely love Man of Steel. And I, it's a beautiful look. Anything Zack Snyder shoots is visually un... Zack Snyder, I'm going to say it, Zack Snyder, arguably, is one of the best visual storytellers working in terms of visuals. Mm-hmm. You know, Alejandro Iñárritu. 300. G- Gamble- no, I'm, I'm, oh, oh, that's I, the I, name I, of a director, you <laughs> dumb fuck. Uncultured. No. But, uh... Alejandro Iñárritu, Guillermo del Toro, uh, David Fincher. Yes. Just people who visually will fuck you up. <laughs> like, you know. Well, it's funny that you bring up Guillermo del Toro because mm-hmm. he's more practical, whereas Zack Snyder yeah. does more, yeah. like, special effects visuals. And, yeah, yeah, he's great nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I just feel like that scream at mm-hmm. the end, just you yeah. feel that, and yeah. I love that. Um, but any other – any movies – that really come to mind or any movies that are upcoming or movies that you would like to see? Good question. Because I want to take a second to talk about Venom. Okay. Now, what? Today is Friday the 21st? Technically, it's Saturday the 22nd. Saturday the September 22nd. Mm-hmm. We still have... Like three weeks? No, no, not even like one week, two weeks. It comes out the fifth. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say this. If the movie is bad, mm-hmm. Tom Hardy will still be great in the movie. Most likely. I mean, I, Tom Hardy is a great actor. You know, we'll have to see for the movie. But yeah. I have no. The quarrels, I, the possible quarrels I, like, I'm worried about with the movie, none of them are Tom Hardy. Okay. Yeah. But I'm still I'm still cautiously excited. The second trailer or the third trailer, the most recent trailer that they released was awesome. But they released the first clip, and it's trash. Now, with that being said, a lot of clips are heavily edited because they don't want to give the whole scene away. Sure. And that's it, that's very clear. It's very clear that there's more to this clip than what they sh- are releasing. That's obvious, and I have no problem with how it's edited because I understand. Like when you release clips, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Still, just the, the dialogue, the the blocking of the scenes. I was Winter, like, rolling in the wind. Oh <laughs> I know you love that line. No, I mean it's from the comics, but it's just why why adapt that? Yeah. Of all the things. Source material. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but uh, like I'm just I I don't want Tom Hardy as Venom to be wasted in a bad movie, and that's what I'm worried about. I think it's going to do bonkers money. I think it's going to make money. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but but I, I'm slightly worried. Okay. But I, I hope it's great. I, I feel like that's fair to say because Sony has been, you know, the amazing Spider-Man. They've and, been Sony. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm genuinely excited for it. I love where, as this isn't his fault whatsoever, but in Spider-Man 3, Venom was just kind of like normal sized yeah. and kind of a punk. Whereas like this one... He's like Eddie Brock, yeah. and he's freaking huge, yeah, which yeah. is how Venom uh, is. 
But I am glad whenever they released the trailer where it showed his full body, I'm glad they don't have the spider on him. Me too. Because when we first saw the the first trailer for it, we only saw his face and you didn't see his body. And I was like, how big is he? Yeah. Uh, if it has the spider logo, I'm not going to be in it. They just have like... It looks like veins. I want to. I want to call them veins. Yeah, it, it sort of. I sort of looks like veins. Yeah. Yeah. It just all over his body, and he's huge, and I. I love it. I. I I'm sold on on the look, anyways, yeah. of Venom. Yeah. And um, no, I. I agree. Like like I said, I'm cautiously uh, excited. Yeah. I hope. I hope it's great. I'm just. I have a few worries, but you know, when it comes out, we'll see. You know, and we'll talk about it here on the show. But um, something else that I want to bring up before we go, it's not a particular movie. But an actor in a role, in a comic book role. Okay. I want to talk about Ben Affleck as Batman. Reason being, <laughs> reason being, I feel that Ben Affleck's performance in the Batman v Superman is my favorite on-screen Batman I've ever seen, and I think it's one of Ben Affleck's top five performances. In my personal opinion, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. The movie deserved better i mean not not what i meant he deserved better than that movie mm-hmm. in justice league they made him they they made him change it up and they made him not the character that he was in bvs which upsets me because he was so good in that movie mm-hmm. which you know i that's why I, whenever i say ben affleck is my favorite batman i say in batman v superman because they changed him up for justice league and they had made him play it a little bit differently which Joss Whedon did that <laughs> I'm not. I didn't say that. Which, which is, uh, which is um, unfortunate. But yeah. I love his performance. He is so g- damn good in Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. and that is always why I, I own that movie and I will continually watch it periodically. The extended version, because Jesus, the theatrical one, fuck. But his performance is so good. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Yeah, I I agree that I believe that in the little time he's on screen, mm-hmm. he kills it compared to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think he's a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah, especially when they're at Lex Luthor's party, mm-hmm. and he just con or uh, it's Clark Kent who confronts him. Yeah, yeah. And Clark Kent kind of like picks up that Alfred's talking in his ear, and you just see the way that. Ben Affleck's like talking to him and he's like are, are you the ones that I own just yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah, belittling yeah. him and like just showing off like how macho if you will he is and I, I love that whole scene with him as Bruce Wayne and and then as Batman in the warehouse whenever he's just messing dudes up left and right I, I think that's fantastic um, which is funny because for the longest time I think it's fair to say that everyone loved Christian Bale mm-hmm. as Batman. Yeah, and 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 I, and I love Christian Bale's Batman, but there was I think what does it for me with Ben Affleck, and part of it is the writing of the character. You know, I think old Batman is a, a, a lot more interesting than young Batman, but a lot of it has to do with his performance. The reason being, Batman is a three-part role. Okay, your Batman. Your Bruce Wayne in the public, and your Bruce Wayne at home with Alfred. All three are different characters. I mean, Bruce Wayne at home with Alfred is technically the same as Batman, but like not as physical. Right. Ben Affleck 
has not had his own Batman movie, and rest in peace, might not ever fucking get it, which so upsets me. But and he, he had a script, he was gonna direct it. Oh, God, don't don't get me on this. But everyone said that was the best Batman script God, ever. Don't even get me on it. But he had he co-titled a movie, and in the co-titling of a, of a movie, he showed us Batman, the public Bruce Wayne, and the private Bruce Wayne. And blended the three better than any Batman actor I've ever seen. Just combined. Just just all in one. Like they were three different people in the same body. And he was the first. And he did detective work. He did physical stuff. Like it was was everything that Batman needs to be. Mm -hmm. And I love Christian Bale. I love Michael Keaton. They did not do all three as fluid, and they had multiple films. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck had Suicide Squad for ten minutes, and he had Justice League, but they changed up the character for Justice League. Made me upset. I don't want to talk about that. But which isn't really he. I guess he still could have played it better to an extent, mm-hmm. but it was mostly just the way that he was directed was just abysmal. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that that movie wasn't as great as it could have been because of the performance that he gave because he was working his ass off. Yeah, no, I I have nothing else to add. I think everything that you said, I also stand by it. Cool, cool. Because now we're going to talk about Spider-Man 2, directed by Sam Raimi. Our personal favorite director. <laughs> yeah, I love Sam Raimi. But uh, Spider-Man 2 is one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. Yeah, Dr. Octopus, they do his origin in the movie. Similar to the first one, except you already know Peter Parker's already established as Spider-Man. And dude, the fucking Evil Dead Doc Ock scene that they do of him in the hospital, where they like pan in on his face. That one, or when he's in the hospital and like the arms are going nuts. (gasps) Yeah. Have you noticed how Evil Dead that scene is? I'd have to rewatch it, but we're gonna do it tonight. Yeah. No, no, because like when you know Sam Raimi and you know Evil Dead, dude, the camera angles are the same. Dude, everything. Like you're gonna get the biggest. Evil Dead boner watching Spider-Man 2. Yeah. I'm, te- I'm telling you. Like, it is so perfect. Mm-hmm. And just Alfred Molina's portrayal as Doc Ock, the character of Doc Ock was so well done. That movie, and it dealt with themes of, like, Spider-Man quits. He quits, like, Throws halfway in the movie. suit in the trash can and walks away. Yeah. Loses his powers. Like, what the fuck? And, like, you're kind of fine with it. Yeah. And then that call to action, that moment when he fucking busts out of the debris and, like, that music starts playing. And you're like, yeah. fuck, dude, Spider-Man's back. Dude, the train fight. Which is funny because I, since we've started talking about it, um, the or, or you want to talk about the fight scene before the actual, like, yeah, powerful? Fight scene okay. first and then the dramatic okay, scene. Okay. But you, so, you, you go. So the fight scene, I love how they're just, like, crawling all around the train and, like, dodging in and out of the windows. And, like, they're using the train to fight. And, like, I, I thought that was fantastic. Um, but I, I can't remember the fight scene too well, so you'd have to talk more about that. But mm-hmm. I do remember that fight scene being phenomenal. Yeah. And just the fights all around in all the Sam Raimi movies. But, like, in the second one, even before the train scene, when they're fighting up the building, and Spider-Man is literally running up the building, like, just punching Doc Ock as he's running yeah. up. And just, like, and on the train, how they like use each of their abilities to their full potential. Yeah. And just how that fight continually goes and goes and goes. And then we'll get into the dramatic bit here. 
But Doc Ock, the train's going to go off the edge. Spider-Man has to stop it. He uses all his might, all his strength. His mask comes off. Everyone can see who he is. With all his strength, stops the train in a beautiful image. And he's about to pass out over the ledge. And what happens? Everyone catches him and brings him onto the train. Which is funny because that scene reminds me a lot of the first one where they like all the New Yorkers team up on Green Goblin and this time they all come together to protect his identity. And I believe it's a kid who hands him his mask and he's like, we won't tell anyone. Yeah, and you buy it. And you're like, yes, you won't tell anyone because everyone realizes Mm -hmm. that 35-year-old Tobey Maguire is a kid. (laughs) And you're like... Like, and then the, that is that's powerful and, and the one guy says it he's like he's a kid like yeah. he's no older than my kid like yeah. yeah it's so like that whole scene is believable and just everyone knows who spider-man is in this moment mm-hmm. but no one knows at the yeah. same time yeah and, and i love the arc of james franco's harry osborne character in that movie I thought he was great in that movie yeah, that's one of his my favorite performances of his really yeah huh I, well because that was when he was taking on more serious roles, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, he kills it in that movie. And, um, you know, because I love how he hates Spider-Man, hates Spider-Man, but doesn't know that Peter's Sp- Spider-Man. And, you know, he, he wants everything to Spider-Man dead, and he's trying to seem like this big badass in front of Doc Ock, tells him where Spider-Man's going to be. And he goes, how can I find Spider-Man? And he goes, Peter Parker knows him. Like, talk to him. And there's a small moment where Doc Ock is heading out to fuck up Spider-Man and he go, and he's going to talk to Peter Parker and as he's going away James Franco not loud enough but tries to reach out to Doc Ock and he says don't hurt Peter. And it was like a it's a small moment and it's so good. Yeah. Cuz it plays to at the end when he sees that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and he's like you you killed my dad. And Spider-Man's like uh uh-uh, uh there's other shit going on right now like he kind of dodged the question but he's like yeah we got to go but like I love that moment, and I, I love his arc in that movie. It's at the end of the first one where he brings back Norman yes. dead, right? And, 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 Nor- and Norman's don't tell Harry is a good line. Yeah. When Green Goblin dies, and he looks at Peter and says, don't tell Harry. That was also a great moment. I forgot about that till just yeah. now, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'd, I would argue, I, I'd have to rewatch it again like we're going to do here in a minute. But just based off memory and what we've talked about, I'd argue that that's the best comic book movie of all time. Well, it's one of them for sure. For sure, it belongs in the conversation. For a while, it was. Yeah. Like undoubtedly, for a while, it was. What would you say knocked it off? Iron Man was close. Uh, Iron Man was in the discussion, and then Dark Knight came out like two months later, and everyone was like, <laughs> "This one." But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes mm. sense. But even Batman Begins is really good. But I feel yeah. like that's the weakest of the three, but we'll talk about that. that that'll be a conversation for another day. <laughs> that'll be a conversation because I disagree. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. All right, we've gone a little bit over time, but I don't care because that was awesome. Yeah, we had some good talks. Yeah, we'll have to do a part two to this. Yeah, for sure. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for this episode of the Movie Nights Podcast. I am Dalton Burdett. I'm Ryan Warner. Have a great night, everybody.